Chapter 27 Axe I am often amazed at Prince Jake's ability to make decisions. I call him my prince because any Andalite warrior needs a prince to serve. But I know he is just a human youth, as I am an Andalite youth. And yet, he is very impressive for a human youth. He understands instinctively that making no decision is also a decision. So he accepts the responsibility. If he were an Andalite, I have no doubt he would become a true prince. Still, he does very well for a human. In the end, we decided to go for it. That is a human expression. As I understand it, the expression means that without any clear idea of why we should do something, we would do it anyway. We would attack at dawn. I asked, why dawn? Tradition, Marco said. You do shootouts at high noon, you stretch in the seventh inning, you attack at dawn. Like much of human thinking, this is a mystery to me. You also get executed at dawn, Cassie said. Thank you, Cassie, for that bit of optimism. We had explained our plan to the Mercora. They approved. We would attack the Nesk home base and seize an explosive weapon. A bomb. A nuke, as my human friends said. Then we would return to the ocean and attempt to explode this nuke in such a way that it would close the Sario Rip and return us to our own time. I hoped the Mercora would have some idea how to do this. I certainly didn't. We learned about Sario Rips in school, but I wasn't really paying attention that day. And I can't be expected to remember all the things I learned in school, can I? I was sure my human friends understood this. But to be absolutely sure, I mentioned it as we sped through the night toward the Nesk base aboard a ground-hugging Bakora transport. Prince Jake, you do understand that I have no idea precisely how or where or when to set off an explosion that will seal the Sario Rib? What? What? I was mistaken. It was clear from the expression he made with his human mouth, and the way his voice became loud and rose at the end toward a sort of shriek, and also by the way his eyes alternatively narrowed and expanded, that Prince Jake had not been entirely clear on this point. I know that we should probably create an explosion. I don't know exactly when or where, although it should be near the point where we first emerged into this world. I am sure of that. Mostly. Don't you think you might have mentioned this earlier? Marco said. Like before we signed on for this suicide mission? Look, we need the nuke, right? Rachel said. One way or the other, we need the nuke. So let's do it. Oh, I hate when she says let's do it. Marco moaned. I've changed my mind now. I can learn to like broccoli. One of the three Mercora with us scuttled around to face us. It opened a half dozen eyes in a rapid flutter. We are close to the place where we will leave you. It is on the edge of the Nest defense grid. As close as we can go. Approximately point zero 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 two six eight light seconds from the base.
which would be... Prince Jake asked me. Approximately five of your miles, I translated. Five miles? In the dark? Here in Cretaceous Park? Marco said. That's kind of a hike, isn't it? But the Mercora were firm. Any closer and the transport would be spotted and fired on. Success depended on surprise. We were to appear to be any bunch of wandering dinosaurs. Harmless to the nest. The transport came to rest amid jumbled rocks. The Makora were very advanced when it came to force fields, but their ships were clunky and slow, compared to Andalite technology. Or what would be Andalite technology in 65 million years. It was very dark outside. The Mercora kept their exterior ship's lights low. And as I trotted down the ramp, the brightest thing around was the comet. It was shockingly close now. The tail would certainly brush the planet as it passed. Dawn was still two hours away. We were to travel the five miles to the Nesk base in that time, and be ready to move in as soon as the sun rose on the horizon. Take this on the light, the Makora co-pilot said. With one of his hands, he gave me a small communicator. A thought-speak communicator. Yes, the humans could not use it, but you will be able to. What is its purpose? You can inform us how the mission goes, the Mercora said. Are you offering to help? No, we cannot risk our limited traps and equipment. I nodded as if I understood. But I was puzzled. The Makura scuttled back aboard their ship. It lifted silently off the ground with an intriguing violet glow, then sped away into the darkness. I don't know about the humans, but I felt extremely lonely. I am always alone, being the only Andalite on planet Earth. But now I was more alone than that. My own people would not exist for tens of millions of years. We were in the dark, a very deep darkness beneath the glowing comet, in a past that was not my own, in a past filled with destructive monsters. From far off, I heard, <coughs> Then Prince Jake said, Okay, let's morph. Chapter 28. Cassie. I didn't want to be here. I didn't want to be doing this. We didn't really have a plan. We didn't truly know what we were doing. But I couldn't sit it out. No way. Not when my friends were facing danger. I looked up. The comet was shockingly big in the sky. The tail spread a quarter of the distance from horizon to horizon. It was beautiful. But it frightened me. Ahead, in the direction of the Nesk base, there was a slight reddish glow that seemed to hover in the air. I realized it was the summit of the volcano. Okay, let's morph, Jake said. There was no doubt which morph he meant. This was not a place for my osprey or my dolphin, my skunk, or even my wolf. This was dinosaur country. I had only one morph that was useful in this situation. Tyrannosaurus Rex the Tyrant Lizard King.
in all of Earth's history, all the millions of years, and all the billions of animals that have come and gone, this one single creature was the most powerful predator. I can't believe I'm stuck in this lousy little Deinonychus morph, Rachel complained. You guys all get to do Big Daddy, and Tobias and I have to be Baby Saurus. I wish I wasn't doing it, I said. Yeah, right, Rachel snorted. There are some things about Rachel I still don't understand, and things about me that must mystify her, I guess. Rachel loves the big predator morphs. I don't. I never want to hurt anyone or anything. Not even when I have to. Not even when there's no choice. Tell you one thing, Marco said. If you're gonna walk around in the dark here in Cretaceous World, you want to be carrying the big guns. And Big Rex is the biggest. I guess I'd rather have the Mercora's force fields, I said. I like the way they do things. They protect themselves without having to be so violent. They don't seem to object to our being violent for them, Tobias said. I looked to see him in the dark. He was already morphing. A man-sized dinosaur was growing from a bird. Let's just do this, alright? Marco said impatiently. I've been on the wrong end of a fight with the Tyrannosaurus, okay? I don't want to be standing around here debating in the dark when another one shows up looking for an early breakfast. Jake said, Rachel, Tobias, you guys keep an eye on us. These are new morphs for the four of us. We may have some trouble adjusting. I took a deep breath. I guess I'd been hoping somehow we'd change our minds. But the time had come. I focused my mind on the Tyrannosaurus whose DNA was within me, and I let the changes begin. I expected to sprout right up, but the first changes were more subtle. My skin became rough and slightly loose, like it didn't quite fit. Lizard skin. Crocodile skin. My hand slid in two. My thumb and the next two fingers melted together. My two smaller fingers did the same. And then the bones grew out through the lizard flesh. The finger bones grew and came to a point. Two small but wicked claws. I felt my bones grow thick and massive. My pelvis bones swelled out against my flesh. I thought it would break through. But then I realized the growing had started. I was rising up, up from the ground. My legs were thickening, growing. Muscle layered over muscle. Muscles much bigger than my own human body. Bone and muscle. Bone and muscle. My spine began to stretch with a squeaking sound that radiated through my head. The base of my spine stretched out and out, longer and longer. Five feet. Six. Eight. Ten feet. And longer still. My feet grew, spreading wide into three massive toes, each ending in a ripping, rending claw. I felt my weight settle on those feet, felt my claws sink into the moist soil, as I grew by tons with each passing moment. But for all that, it was the Tyrannosaurus's head that shocked me the most. My jaw went from being measured in inches to being measured in feet. The bones grew dense and heavy. The muscles rippled beneath my gravel skin. My face bulged out and out and out. My eyes spread apart, blurring everything until they had reached their proper location, facing forward. My head expanded grew in every direction. Bigger. Always bigger. I was towering above the ground now. Huge. I balanced on my powerful legs, tail out behind me, 
my body forward, poised. And then, at last, came my teeth. I felt the itching in my mouth as my pathetically tiny, my ridiculous human teeth grew. From a quarter inch to an inch, to three inches, to six, seven. New teeth appeared, twice my normal number. They sprouted from the bones of my massive jaws. And I was complete. More than forty feet from head to tail. The length of a bus. Eighteen feet tall. The height of a two-story house. Seven tons of bone and muscle. The weight of five cars. Power and speed and destruction made flesh. Power the world had never seen before and would never see again. I had become Tyrannosaurus Rex, King of the Dinosaurs. Chapter 29 Marco Surrounded! I was surrounded by enemies! I could see them looming up around me. They would fight me for food. They would steal prey. They had entered my territory. I bellowed in rage. They answered, one by one. Four of us together in one place. Impossible. My territory. Mine. I raged. But the others did not run away. They roared back at me. Four huge voices cried, Outrage! We bellowed and roared our threats, but no one ran away. I stamped my feet, one after the other. I swung my tail back and forth. The others did the same. They stamped their feet at me, at each other. Tails were swishing madly, ripping bushes and small trees out of the ground. The threat displays were clear. Someone should back down. The only alternative was to do battle. We each cried, swaying as we stomped, swishing our tails, tossing our heads, opening our mouths wide to display our deadly teeth. Then, a scent. We each caught it at the same time. The bellowing stopped. I turned my head toward the smell. Darkness. But the scent was there. Living flesh. Prey. You guys are losing it! Jake! Cassie! Marco! You guys are losing it! There was prey just a few feet away. Two smaller creatures. Only two of them. And four of us. Not enough prey. The others would try to take them. I leaped. The little dinosaur turned and ran. I was after them. Jay! Axe! Marco, you idiot! You guys are caught up in the morph! That's us you're chasing! Noises in my head. Meaningless. Running now, the chase was on. But the others, like me, were still there. Running, too. Trying to steal my prey. You guys are grinding my nerves. You're hunting us. Rachel, we can't outrun them. But we can outturn them, I bet. Oh, this is so not fun. I'm going to end up being breakfast for Marco. Talk about humiliation. When I say now, we double back on them. Yeah! More sounds in my head. Strange. Disturbing. Now! The two swift small creatures suddenly stopped 
and ran straight for me. In a flash, they were past. I stopped. I blinked. I was confused. But then, I smelled new prey. More this time. Close by. The wind was in my face. I knew this was a good thing. When the wind was in my face, the prey did not flee as quickly. I quickly forgot the two small creatures and advanced toward the herd I smelled up ahead in the darkness. I have never seen a morph take over this totally. I know. I'm starting to worry. Drake, it's me, Rachel. Snap out of it. Cassie, buddy, it's me, Rachel. You're being controlled by the morph. The prey was close now. Yes, I could smell them. I glanced at the others like myself, marching beside me through the darkness. Many prey this time. Enough for all. Closer. Closer. Attack! I bounded forward at full speed. Attack! Tail out behind me, my head held forward. I raced toward the helpless prey. In the darkness, I saw a shape. Prey! I saw the bulk, the curved back. I saw the horns, two very long and a shorter one. The horns disturbed me, but too late to do anything but attack. Nothing could stop me. Nothing could escape. The horns turned toward me. Hum. I dodged left. The horns turned. Hum. I slowed down. I stopped. Snort, snort, the horned creature said. I saw the others like myself. All were staring at the horned creatures. All had stopped their attack. Maybe now they're calmer, the voice in my head said. Um, you guys? Those are Triceratops. Huh? Jake, Axe, Cassie, Marco, get a grip. You are in Morph. In Morph? Me? Marco? Yeah! My brain snapped back suddenly. Instantly, I was me again. Okay, me in a body that was 14,000 pounds worth of trouble. But at that exact moment, one of us attacked. A Tyrannosaurus leapt suddenly to the right, jerked its head left, and chomped its humongous jaws down on the arched spine of the Triceratops. The Triceratops screamed, and then everything went completely insane. The Triceratops staring up at me lunged. Deadly, three-foot-long horns were aimed at my belly, propelled by six tons of weight. I jumped back, inches from being gored. Another big Rex, I don't know if it was Jake or Cassie or Axe, went roaring into battle. The massive jaw tried to clamp on one of the horns and hold us. The battle was on. Tyrannosaurus versus Triceratops. The battle every kid with toy dinosaurs imagines. It was sheer, screaming madness. You idiots! Rachel roared. Back away! Back away! But then, she and Tobias joined the fray, trying to help. They were tiny but they could attack the lumbering elephant-sized triceratops with more agility than we could. My own opponent snorf-snorfed a couple of times, then came after me again. I backed away. I didn't need this fight. Ah! I tripped, staggered back on one knee, and began to fall over. I reached to use my hands, but they were useless. I hit the dirt on my side. 
The Triceratops was on me. Ah! Three feet of horn rammed into me. It caught between two ribs. The pain was shocking and immediate, but now the Triceratops was vulnerable. Its dangerous horns were stuck, and its front leg was in reach. I opened my jaw, jerked my huge head forward, and clamped down with all my might. The Triceratops backed away. I released his leg and snapped at his side and missed. He lunged again. I was still down, still on my side, bleeding. I swung my legs forward and shoved my talon feet at his face. I caught the closest horn between my toes and shoved back with all my might. I went scooting backward under the impact of the Triceratops' charge, but those horns didn't get me. Not this time. I rolled into something that splintered and crashed. A tree! I had just knocked over a tree! I scrambled up. Not an easy thing to do when you're a Tyrannosaurus. I got to my feet just as the Triceratops charged again. I backed away, but now there were trees all around me, hemming me in like a cage. Then, in the darkness, the shocking sight of another Big Rex. It leapt on my Triceratops. It opened its mouth wide, then sank three dozen or more seven-inch-long teeth into the Triceratops' neck. In fury and rage, the big predator yanked the front of the Triceratops off the ground. An animal the size of an elephant simply yanked up off the ground. The Tyrannosaurus shook its head, shaking the screaming Triceratops like a dog worrying a bone. And then, the Triceratops stopped making sounds. It hung limp. The Tyrannosaurus dropped it and stood over the fallen creature. It bellowed in triumph. The sound shook the leaves and the trees. It rattled through my wounded belly. It screamed again. It was all the violence of nature. All the ruthlessness of the survival of the fittest. All the power of muscle and bone and claw and tooth. All the ageless, never-ending lust for conquest. Wrapped into one awesome roar. I braced myself, afraid it might attack me next. Jake, is that you? I asked. No! A thought-speak voice replied. Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs Auditory Experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel. And I have gotten a message from a Tumblr user named Ubik. Uh, on Tumblr, of course. If you'd like to write into me in any capacity, you can do that on Tumblr at audiomorphscast.tumblr.com, by email, audiomorphscast at gmail.com, or through my website, theapodcalypse.com. That's the apocalypse, like apocalypse, but uh, with a D in the middle. It's a pun. So Ubik wrote in, uh, I am only on book seven, but really enjoying this music that might be useful for future books. And then they gave me a bunch of song wrecks. Thank you very much. And then you, they also said, P.S. Please stop dissing yourself. You deserve to be treated better than that. I'm going to be honest, uh, I don't remember what I said in book seven in those show notes, but um, thank you for that. That's very nice. Thank you thank you for that uh, that compliment. Uh, then they sent a follow-up message. Oh, P.S. I'm sad that I'm too late for the current book. You could have used Nirvana's Smells Like Teen Spirit. Uh, then they provide the relevant lyrics and then said, listening made me realize that you might 
attempt to say my oh and then uh they uh gave me the pronunciation guide there um like the philip k dick book which i haven't read but i hear he's a pretty good writer so you know and then uh my performance made them laugh and they're on megamorphs one right now so awesome thank you for following along ubik thank you for writing in thank you for your song recommendations uh i have a big old list now uh thank you everyone who sends those in i try to pull something that i feel like is is sort of matching the tone of what i remember the book to be because i don't actually read these ahead of time and i go off my memory and then a summary off wikipedia <laughs> um so there's that uh thank you ubik uh i said where you all could write in if you feel like it um if you use apple podcasts and would like to leave me a rating or review that'd be cool i'd appreciate that something about the algorithm uh or you could tell a friend that also helps uh, if you feel like the friend would be interested in hearing me read Animorphs books to them, of course. Other than that, uh, I don't think I got anything else. So thank you all for listening once again. We are heading into the, the end of this book. I think we've got another six to eight, maybe, chapters to go. We're, we're pretty close now, another couple of weeks. Um, but I will see you all next week. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then... We fight.